You know, I thought about like the things that happened when I was a kid. If, if anything would have changed, I wouldn't be sitting with you here right now. That's it's mm-hmm. impossible, right? We wouldn't have our lives. None of that would be the same if something switched back in there. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, episode 46, The Essential Revolution, Unveiling Spirituality with guest Michael McGinnis. You're listening to Spiritual AF Sundays, created and hosted by The Mystic Geek. If you're looking to explore intriguing questions about the meaning of life and our place in the universe, then you're in the right spot. We dive into topics often discussed as sound bites on social media and take a deeper look, whether it's woo topics like astrology and mysticism, or seemingly mundane matters like technology and politics, we cover it all. We explore our own thoughts and beliefs, talk to experts, and uncover hidden meanings. These fascinating areas of exploration can help us question ourselves and better understand our world. Ready to grow and explore in your spiritual journey? We're glad you can join us. It's time to start your week off by being spiritual AF. Hello, friends, fellow mystics, and spiritual rebels. This is Jessica, the Mystic Geek, coming to you with yet another perspective on this Spiritual AF Sundays podcast. We have a guest who has journeyed far and wide, not just in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual. Our guest today is Michael McGinnis, a spiritual author, explorer, and visionary. Before we dive into the what on what we're going to talk about, let's take a moment to talk about our guest. Michael McGinnis Jr., also known as The Jungle Writer, is an author dedicated to the global awakening of humanity. He is best known for his Essential Revolution series. A spiritual powerhouse, he is also an entrepreneur, big wave surfer, a race car driver, and uses his transformational experiences to inspire others. Mike's diverse facets of work serve as a beacon of introspection and self-realization. Today, we'll discuss Michael's incredibly rich life experiences, inspirations, and challenges in writing The Essential Revolution. He also draws thought-provoking connections between his books and our current world events. Yes, the state of the world right now can feel chaotic, but wait until you hear Michael's perspective on this. It will give you some sense of peace. The most groundbreaking part of this conversation is going to all be about healing, finding what Michael, through his character Dimitri, calls the gift. He warns that when people reach that lesson in his books, they tend to reach a state of shock where they throw the book against the wall because it rattles them that much. I hope you don't throw whatever device you're listening to this episode on against the wall because tech is expensive. But you may need to pause and acknowledge any feelings that come up. So, dear listeners, buckle up as we delve into this insightful conversation with Mike McGinnis. Get ready to take a deep breath, open your heart, and embark on a spiritual exploration that might just initiate your own essential revolution. Trust me, this is an episode you don't want to miss. It's time to grab your favorite beverage, sit in your favorite chair, and get ready for this exciting discussion. And welcome back, listeners. Today, we have Michael McGinnis with us to talk about spirituality and self-development. Michael, so glad to have you here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. 
Well, why don't you tell a little bit more about yourself? Well, I've been living in Costa Rica for over 30 years, and I came from California originally. I had a pretty wild life experience and have done everything from open to restaurants and little hotels to, you know, doing some help with land development and these other things. And it all turned, I had a bunch of stuff, but then I wasn't happy. And so I had kind of like a transformational experience from that. And then had some visionary experiences as well that I had these spiritual awakenings from. And then I started writing these books and sort of channels through me. I don't really, it doesn't seem like I'm very involved other than to put it all together. That still is an important part. If you weren't there to put it all together, we wouldn't have those books then. Well, since you brought them up, let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about, about the books that you're writing. I write spiritual uh, allegorical fiction, and the series is called The Essential Revolution. It is a trilogy, at least. I have two books out. One of them is even on Audible as well, the first one, and we're getting ready to take the second one. And the books are about, basically about the awakening of the planet, young man that comes into our world. And it very much happens to the way things are right now in the world and what's happening. And uh, it's all in fiction. So it's sort of like a Celestine prophecies, like where you get into the drama of it. And it also gives you the big personal messages as well. And the transformation happens for people as they read it as well, so I'm told. What sort of transformations have you heard about? Mainly moving through their victimhood mentality, the victimhood mindset. An ex or a family member has done something to them and they were able to have some realizations through reading the book about what really happened. Maybe a shift in perspective would be a better way to put it and move through that and to become more empowered in their life. Okay, we'll touch upon that in a moment. I wanted to go back to the book series first. What inspired you to start writing them? Well, I, in one of those visionary experiences, I've got, I got this download about this piece of technology that would help wake up the world through people with their problems where the technology is kind of like an, it is an AI thing and that people could literally speak to it and, and it sees what's happening in their life and it talks to you and kind of like having a guru on your shoulder for lack of a better term. And, and I, I, I couldn't do anything with the technology part of it because I'm not a technical person. I don't know anything about that stuff. And then. I got a little voice says, oh, you're going to write a book. And I go, I don't write books. I need read books. What are you talking about? The story was downloaded into like literally like that. And, and I, I just had to, I first I said, I'm not going to do this. This is crazy. And then I, I ended up writing a bit of it and somebody read it and said, no, this is really good. And I kept going and it turned into, yeah, so far now two novels. How many pages are we talking here? 500 pages, just under 500 pages, both of them. So they're both super thick. I mean, book like I said, thicker than anything I would read. It is a page turner and everybody says that it is. And then, you know, I, as for me, it's like watching a movie in my head and I'm just mm -hmm. dictating, you know? So it is quite exciting. Like it makes you want to keep going on the story. And I've heard tales of people that finish it in a day and a half on their iPhone. Uh, this one guy got a hold of me and, you know, a lot of people talk about how they couldn't sleep, they had to keep reading it. So it's kind of fun. That's amazing and great feedback to have on that one. Cause yeah, you just shared on the screen there and looking at that and going, that's that's a lot. If it was a hardcover, we I'd use it to press flowers, like that much page. And it's like that many pages. It's almost like a weapon level thickness of a book. And that people are reading it overnight is, it's amazing. And just goes to show the amount of passion that is in there. Going back to that earlier conversation point, you mentioned how the book itself or the series helped people reframe their thinking. 
going from this victim mentality and making choices to break away from that. As you were writing the book series, did you see that as a potential good consequence? We talk about consequences being negative, but I feel like this is a good consequence in that. Oh, yeah. It's a great consequence when people break away from their disempowerment of victimhood and into the empowerment of, you know, radical forgiveness or stepping into the agency to where they take control of what they're going to say about what happened in here and out here maybe too, right? Because it's in here, obviously it's not going to come out here as well the same. So, so yeah, it's a great consequence. And I did know that was going to be a part of it because it was something I learned at a course that I took when I was 23 years old. And I never knew it was going to come back and be in a novel and like that whole theory, you know. What course was that? It's called Landmark Forum. Okay. You heard of it? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's quite powerful. It's a three-day course and very much just goes straight into the root. Very much straight talk, direct, boom, you know. And uh, I got a lot out of it at that age. It actually was the thing that spurred me to leave the United States and move to Costa Rica when I was 23. I, I would have never done that if I didn't go to the course. It was a dream of mine. And then mm-hmm. somebody, a girlfriend at the time says, you got to go do this thing. And I go, what is it? And I realized that, oh, my dad did that. It was called Est in the 70s. She's like, yeah, that's it. And so I think it was, yeah, like early 90s is when I went or late 80s and got my life back at 23. And I was, that was it. I was on off to the races to do everything that I wanted to do in my life. Wow. That's pretty cool there. So when you were talking about the book, you related it to some of the stuff that's going on in world events right now. How do you see that connection between what you're writing and what we're observing right now in the world? I would say that there is a massive division in our world. Let's say it that way. I was going to say push for division, but then we're going to say, well, who's pushing? And maybe that's a little too deep for the moment. <laughs> yeah, you could ask about that. But, but there's this incredible division that has never existed ever. I'm 57 years old and I've never seen anything like this. And that division is coming about through how we talk to ourselves and perceive what is happening and what someone has done, what Mm -hmm. a a political figure has done or or what they're not doing. And, And then that person on the other side of the street likes this person. And so there's this division. So Uh, the book definitely goes at that for sure, because it's written in real time. It's like right now, it's like with all the stuff happening in the schools, all the stuff happening with everything we can imagine, it's all in there. And so, yeah, it does touch on that and sovereignty. You know, there's a, there's quite a bit of censorship we can call it, or, you know, things happening where we're called mind control. Like, you know, you're supposed to think this and you're supposed to say this and you're not supposed to do it. And so that's also addressed. So everything's in there about what's happening. And another way to look at it and another way to move in your life away from that and into something else. And I never want people to think I'm saying this is the only way, my way is the only way or or Mm -hmm. Dimitri's way, Dimitri's the character. (laughs) It's not, it's not the only way, it's a way. And we can all choose to stay in the victim mindset and stay angry at each other and understand, and that's going to happen for a while more. But in the book, we're actually looking, seeing what it would look like if that shifted. Got it. Now, you've mentioned that this term a couple of times so far, victim mindset. How would you define a victim mindset versus someone who may be a victim of an atrocity, like physical assault or war or things like that? Because those are horrendous things. And I'm guessing that when you talk about victim mindset, you're not talking about people who are in those specific situations. I heard Jordan Peter say something once that was very interesting. He said, 
all of us are victims. Because I used to be one of these people like, there are no victims. I was all, you know, like hard on that. He says, we all are. The car, the rock, the tree, the sun's going to burn itself at some point. It's all going away. We're all victims to chaos and entropy and the dissolution of all material matter, right? When we talk about it, we could say that, yes, it's true that all of us in some way are victim, including where things that have happened when one is a child that are just absolutely disgusting, right? And so a lot of people will grow up with that in their head and then they'll learn because over time you learn, you get about nine years old, you go, that happened to me. And then your friends and everybody in the world starts telling you how bad it was. And it is. And at the same time, if that person carries that anger or that victimhood mindset into their adult life, then they're just ruining their life. And so it's funny because I said they are ruining their life, right? Not the person that did the thing. That person's long gone or dead or doing it to another person. Who knows, right? Like I said before, it's an option, no matter how heinous the act, if one can get to this place of, some people call it radical forgiveness, I would say that the radical forgiveness is sort of the, is a mute point when you realize that no matter what happens, the, these people are doing or have done the, the best that they can do at that moment. I'm not saying that if you and I were there, we know something's going on in the other room, we're going to walk in that room, go, hey, we're going to do whatever we got to get busy and knock this, you know, knock someone in the head mm-hmm. or separate these two people or whatever it takes. It's not making it right. It's helping the person with their perception and go, okay, and have compassion for everything and all things. And, you know, if when we do that, then we become liberated. And so that's where it goes. And again, it's not for everybody. I've had people that are like, no, I'm going to stay pissed. And they'll say it like that, of course, because that mm-hmm. sounds weird, but they're just not ready. I've heard stories of people throwing my book across the room and then going back. It was actually a friend of mine and he had a thing with his ex and she had done some crazy things with the kids and taken them away. And he was, you know, really hurt by it. And he got angry at my book and through like three months later, ended up picking it up and started reading again and had a big transformation from it. So, you know, it's like, that's what's happening in there. Got it. So just to rephrase it or summarize it, there are people being hurt by others. That's legitimate. The pain that's felt in that moment, completely legitimate and justified. Where that strays into the victim mindset as what how you're defining it is when someone holds on to that internalized pain and that internalized anger and then uses that as a lens with which they view reality. Is that a better way of explaining? Okay. Just want to make sure, because I know there's some people who listen who are survivors of horrendous things. And usually when they hear us talk about things like victim mindsets, like you're ignoring our views, it's not necessarily that. It's more explaining there's this separate thing that impacts people and that it's a way of there's a way of healing from it versus saying, well, what happened, like disregarding the trauma that actually happened. It's a separate thing entirely. And it just knowing those differences in definition. Yeah. And our hero in the book actually goes a step further and helps people find the gift, he calls it. Where you find the gift in the thing that happened, you say, well, I'll wait a minute. How can somebody find the gift in something that was just so horrendous and someone is still affected? Well, I'm not saying that everybody will, but you can. If you look at those seven truths that we talked about, the Dimitri seven truths, he talks about everything that happened to us actually in some way happened for us. Again, not everyone wants to get there. Not everybody Mm -hmm. wants to go. I get that. But I have story after story of story of people who have gone through things that are just absolutely horrific and actually found (laughs) 
like a connection to God through that experience and are actually not just not only okay that it happened, but glad that it did because of where they are today. You know, I thought about like the things that happened when I was a kid. If, if anything would have changed, I wouldn't be sitting with you here right now. That's it's mm-hmm. impossible, right? We wouldn't have our lives. None of that would be the same if something switched back in there. So mm-hmm. it's finding the perfection in what happened. And that's, again, it's all perception and the shift in perception. It's something that one would choose, you know? Exactly. It's understanding that our life is a series of cause and effect. And for us to be at where we're at today, those experiences shaped us. And it takes an immense amount of healing to be able to take a look at those past moments, no matter how painful they were, and recognize that they started basically the decision tree that led us to the present moment. I can get that. Some people are still so entwined in that trauma and that pain that it's hard for them to say, well, what do you mean look for the gift? It was a terrible event. Or what do you mean it happened for a reason beyond the other person was cruel? And it does take a lot of work to finally get to that point. And I agree with you, Michael, on this. Not everyone can get to that point. Yeah, there's another interesting part about it that I'm realizing and I'm trying to figure out how to get past this or through this. Like in my case, there was also some things happened with abandonment, somebody leaving, father leaving, and then girlfriend leaving Mm -hmm. at 17 years old, cheating, you know, leaving me, blah, 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 and I was in love. Of course, I at this place where I'm so glad all those things happened because I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be able to blah, blah, blah. And in my current life, I'll get this terror then I'll still get this reaction if I feel that somebody might be leaving. So the Mm -hmm. mind is over the victimhood stuff. That's gone. But there's like a chip in me still, like a little computer chip that's Mm -hmm. still affected in the body. Like I say, the body keeps that score, that book out there. I see now how there's even another step to go. And people Mm -hmm. talk about healing the inner child. And then you go and you talk to the little kid and and I told my friend that was telling me, I go, that sounds so ridiculous. I'm not blaming those people anymore. Everything's fine. She's all, I know, but the little child, but the little child's gone. I'm an old man. She's all, actually, in a, some kind of a quantum way, that little child still exists out there and you got to go talk to her. I'm like, oh my goodness. But you know what? That has not been completely healed. That's for sure. Because I still mm-hmm. feel those feelings sometimes. When we have recurring issues and recurring hurts, it's, we've built up that narrative of what if it happens again? And it's a self-preservation thing. It takes work to be able to recognize that there's an old external pattern. But it's important for us to also recognize that we do have at least some influence over our own mindscape so that we can work towards healing. And it's always going to be a a journey. It's always going to be a journey. We have all this separating, all this division that's currently happening. Where do you see this going? There is an essential revolution that needs to take place in order for us to get through this. And that is a spiritual revolution. So what I'm talking about is a global awakening. We are far from that, I think, you know, obviously, but like Dimitri says in the book, the book's called The Essential Revolution. He says, the world is falling apart and waking up at the same time. And I agree with that. And just like anything like in our lives, when we hit a real hard moment in our lives and we hit that bottom and then we come up, well, we're all moving towards the bottom right now collectively. And that's why we see all of this stuff getting worse and worse. We're about ready to go into World War III at this moment. If we do that inner work first, one part of that is that we get to this place where we realize that this is going to go at some point, but experience or awareness or 
whatever you want to call it, the essence of what you are is forever and ever. It's infinite. So there will be another experience of some kind after this period. That's for sure. And unless, of course, you ascend and that's a different story. That means you become Buddha or you become Christ here on earth, which mm -hmm. we all will at some point in some incarnation or some in some way. We're all moving towards that. Unfortunately, right now, though, with the way the world's going, it looks like we're going to fall harder. So, yeah, it's very interesting. And it's, you know, it's getting crazy. Like, you, see, I mean, I, I recently started to go onto Twitter and the things I see on there because everybody's got their camera on there showing things that are happening. And it's like, I'm like, wait a minute, this is like, I've never seen anything like this. And so, yeah, it's shifting very quickly downward. <laughs> and again, I think it's about doing that inner work to where we stay at peace no matter what. And we know that whatever is happening for some reason has to happen. How do we know that? Because it's happening, you know, and again, yeah, just trying to be as present as we can and not worry too much and not be, you know, also like, oh, how great it was because man, I'll tell you when I grew up in the seventies, what a, what a time. I look at these kids now, they're just mm -hmm. in front of their computer all day. And I was out riding the stingray bicycle and having adventures. And so, you know, I can't really do that anymore either. Cause yeah. So it's, yeah, it's an interesting time. Separation is at its highest that we've ever seen. Everyone's yeah, at war. It's separation, overly focusing on the mental being the what ifs of the future or what could have been in the past. And not that far behind you on there, I'm turning 44. And I remember times when we got to, told to go hang out in the alley with our friends and our time was to go off and wander and have fun and have adventures until sunset. And our parents didn't care. We could go to the dime store to get like soda or snacks if we wanted. And now it's like all this fear of like the what ifs of, of what can happen. Some of it is warranted. But some of it is this projection of fear. So I hear you on how things have been weird. And it's like looking at the pandemic that happened years ago or the, the initial rise of it and how it led people to go inward and thinking, okay, maybe this will move things in a certain direction only to watch it snap back like in 2023 with even more divisiveness and even more separation. That's it. For me, it, it all seems so planned. I don't mean, you know, a bunch of men with white fluffy cats and a big table planning, more like planned by this, you know, by the unseen realm of, of darkness. And, and, and it's all just sort of moving through people, it, whether it's greed and they're doing this or it's, uh, you know, envy and they're doing that. And it's just mm -hmm. like, it's just all of the you know, it's funny because I'm not a big Bible guy, but it's like all those sins are coming through okay. us, you know, the, the, the attachment from source or the divine, you know, capital D divine source, you know, and yeah, it's a heck of a, a thing to witness. That's for sure. You know, since the one thing that each and every one of us has control or at least major influence over is ourselves, what can we as individuals do to work through this Basically, this coming apart and coming back together again. And this is what the hero talks about in the book is it starts here. So it's the individual going through the process of spiritual awakening. You say, well, I'm not spiritual. I don't know what that means. Okay, we'll start with just the knowing that at your core, you are love, meaning capital L, love, God. You literally mm -hmm. are not separated by the thing that created you, which is unexplainable. And you are part of that higher power. And when you were a baby, when you came out, you loved everything and, and, and everybody, period. You put a cockroach in front of a baby and they're like, oh, look, you know, and they, it doesn't <laughs> matter. And then 
And then we all learned to unlove. And so my number one thing is to find your way back to that. And how do we do that? Well, start with that victimhood stuff first. Who did you wrong? How do you carry that into your life? Are you angry at men? Are you angry at women? Are you angry at your father? Go and do that inner work, realizing that whatever happened, that person was doing the best that they could with what they had in their very limited tool chest at the time. That's called compassion. It doesn't mean you need to be their best friend. I really suggest that we do Ho'oponopono with them is when we apologize. You know, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. And I love you. You're saying you're sorry for blaming all these years. And even though that person was the one who did you wrong, they're going to be like, what? And I've seen magic happen when you do this process with somebody. And, and if you can do that and stay on that path of your awakening constantly, whether you have to listen or read books or go to some kind of a ceremony and you'll notice that certain friends will leave and new ones will come once your vibration raises. And as you do that, you know, you're getting yourself prepared to be okay with whatever happens. And that's where we need to be because not that we want these things to happen, but some of the stuff might be out of our control. Just as if there was a war and we were in the middle of a war, things are going, we're not going to stand up and go, I'm not. No, it, if that's ha what happens, it is what it is. Do you think that the Buddha would be screaming and freaking out if he thought he was going to die or Jesus or Yogananda? No, they would be at somehow centered and at peace. And does it, is it a hell of a thing to get there? Yeah, for sure. And there's a bunch of ways to start. And I say, just start on that path. Just start making yourself the best version you can be. You came here for this. You know, that's what I would tell people. You came here to do this. You didn't come here just to get, have, want, desire, take, make babies. And that's it. No, you actually came here to go to return back to what you really are, who you really are. Beautiful. So it's about time for us to start wrapping things up. Michael, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners today? I know it sounds crazy, but trust me on this. We somehow chose to come here during this nutty time and it, you chose to be a part of a cosmic revolution, something mm -hmm. that is so big and so big. And the entities out there in the cosmos, the spirit, they're all watching what's happening on planet Earth and you are it. And it's all about you doing your best and, and making this transition a smooth one. So uh, good luck on that. <laughs> Got it. Thank you there. Michael, where can people find you online? MichaelMcGinnis.com is the best. It has all my books and you can just put, click on it and it'll bring you to the Amazon link. And one of the books is on Audible. And then we have Instagram. And we'll make sure to include all those in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I appreciate being here. <laughs> right. What a thought-provoking conversation. Now, let's recap. We had the honor of chatting with Michael McGinnis. A profound author and spiritual guide, Michael enlightened us about his journey into spirituality, self-development, and the inspiration behind his intriguing book series, The Essential Revolution. We further discussed the synchronicity between the messages of his books and what's going on in our current world. We talked about Michael's experience in writing the series, almost like channeling. He brings up his main character, Dimitri, quite a bit, who seems to be the spiritual guide, giving us all a heads up on the important lessons about the meaning of life and our purpose in the world. Michael alluded to Dimitri's seven universal truths quite a bit, but didn't actually spell them out. I was able to get the full list from him. And here are those universal truths. Truth number one, somehow, someway, each one of us has chosen our unique, unchosen, chosen experiences. 
Therefore, all things that happen to us actually happen for us. Number two, all human beings want the same thing, to live in joy and experience love, peace, and happiness. Number three, the universe, some attribute this as God, will never throw at us more than what we can handle, ever. Truth number four, everyone is doing their best no matter what they are doing. Number five, at our core, we all love each other. Number six, we are eternal. And number seven, the present moment is all that exists. Some of these may feel challenging based on your own upbringing, experiences, and biases. They may not be your truth, and that's okay. Just sit with these teachings. Do you know someone needing a fresh spiritual perspective or seeking self-development? I'd love for you to share this episode with them. And that's going to wrap up this week's episode of Spiritual AF Sundays. And remember, at our core, we are love. By transcending victimhood and fostering compassion, we can attain healing and empowerment. Embark on your spiritual awakening journey and actively participate in the cosmic revolution unfolding at this very moment. That's all for now. Have a spiritual AF week. Thank you for joining us for Spiritual AF Sundays. This show is hosted by the Mystic Geek, that's me. Got comments or questions from today's episode? You can either email me at jess at themysticgeek.com or send me a voice message at speakpipe.com slash themysticgeek. Don't worry, I'll put the link in the show notes. Help others start off their week with a Spiritual AF Sunday by sharing this episode with them. Also, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts help spiritual seekers find our show. So do the thing.